afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Larry C. Mars coming to you live from Fishbowl Radio Studios in uh, Denton, Texas, and on the Power of Prayer show. The Power of Prayer being a relationship builder between you and God. This is for every believer. Every believer, every believer can have the ultimate intimate relationship with the Father because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We now have that. And now we also have the power of the Holy Spirit that helps initiate everything that we do in Jesus Christ. And so I just bring you greetings and I thank you. And let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. This is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, God, that every listener, every listener will grab hold to the scriptures, study it for themselves, and allow it to illuminate in their hearts that they will know that they can have a relationship with you as they yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Listen. Uh, I, 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 I always say this, make sure you have your pencil, your paper, and your Bible, because it is so important to every believer. I don't care where you are, you know, in business, uh, uh, in government, wherever you are, you need to know the word of God. You need to study the word of God. The Bible says we have to study to show ourselves approved unto who? Unto God that we may be a workman. See, here we, we understand we have to work the word of God and we don't have to be ashamed because we can rightly divide the word of truth. What does that mean? It means a whole lot of things are coming off of media, from the pulpit, all over. It's an emotional gospel, but not the eternal gospel, not the word of God. People pick up a word here, word here, and preach all day. We shout and we holler, we go home, and then we're right back where we started from. You have to know your word. I call this the 50-50 syndrome. Some of our leaders have gone left, and if you have gone left with them, you can uh, uh, really uh, uh, go against them, or you, you can fault them only 50%. And then the other 50%, you have to acknowledge that you did not read your word correctly. You did not allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen and encourage you in the word. You went left. But I guarantee you, if you begin to study the word of God and know it for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures, okay? Jesus said he gives us the spirit of truth. The word of God is true and forever settled in heaven. Jesus Christ is the truth. He gave us the spirit of truth. So the spirit of truth is in us and it teaches us about the truth. And understand something. We're going to read a scripture because the, 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 it is the truth that sets you free. It makes you free. It is the truth. And the truth is the word of God. So I'm telling you. Every believer should have, you should have a Bible. Dust it off. Dust it off. Start reading it. Allow the Holy Spirit to serve you the word of God. 
and allow him to work it inside of you so that you can work the word. Because see, in prayer, in prayer, you have to know the word, pray the word, and then listen for God to speak the word back to you. He speaks through his word. The word is forever settled in heaven. The word is true. He speaks the word. And then once he speaks it, once we hear it, it, we have to believe what he's saying and then apply the word. You don't learn that in church. You learn to pray and ask, 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 and get up and fly away. But you have to be able to spend that supernatural time between you and the Father so that there's a communication. There is a relationship in prayer between you, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, that eternal, intimate relationship so that you can now begin to hear. Your hearing is keen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you so that you can believe and trust. Faith cometh by hearing by the word of God. Faith coming here, you study, and, and the Holy Spirit brings it back to you. And so that then faith without works is dead. So that means your faith is growing eternally and internally. Then you apply it, okay? Because why would you just do nothing? God has given each and every one of us a measure of faith so that we can work out that faith. We are to work the faith that he has given you and I. I could care less about the faith that he's given you because I have to work my own. We're sometimes we're so busy in somebody else's business and we don't even know what we have for our very own life. So I'm telling you, it's time to study the word, be in the word so that you can enjoy the word, have relationship with the word and work the word because there's an enemy who comes to kill, steal and destroy the seed, the word that has been planted inside of you. He wants to destroy all of it. That's why we have to daily be in the word, study the word, know the word, and be free to teach and speak the word, okay? And this is for everybody, every believer, no matter what level of business or wherever you are, you have to know the word. Too many people are now are wanting to be uh, uh, entrepreneurs. They want to do the kingdom thing. But I, what I've realized and I've, I've asked questions, a lot of people don't understand who the kingdom consists of. They just hop on the words and run. You have to know, because once you know the kingdom of God, who controls the kingdom of God, who's in the kingdom of God, you realize you can't compromise the kingdom of God for anything. That's why you have to study and know the word of God. I want to talk to you today about the power of the Holy Spirit, the obedience, but there's four, five words in these scriptures that we're going to deal with. Number one, obedience and application. You have to obey the word and apply the word, okay? Our obedience and application brings us the level of blessings that we need from God. We have to understand that. Your obedience and your application. 
brings you the blessings that you need from God. Now, the three other words we're going to deal with is conversion, discipleship, and again, application. We have to understand something. You hear me talk about this a lot, discipleship, discipleship. You know, there's a time, you know, there's there's a war. Wars are going on. And the war is sin against grace. That's the bottom line. Sin, grace. Bottom line of the whole entire supernatural world. Sin and grace. You and I are under grace, so we have to know the grace. We have to know everything, the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power of God, the authority that Jesus Christ has given us because of his grace, the power of the Holy Spirit because of his grace. And we have to understand that. And we have to understand upon conversion. What does conversion mean? That means the power of salvation as the Holy Spirit has moved our hearts from sin to grace. It's called salvation through the blood and the power of Jesus Christ, okay? And now we've been converted. The next thing needs to be done is to be discipled. What does that mean? It means learning about Jesus Christ. We need to know everything there is to know about Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of the church, the foundation of a believer's, a Christian's life. Jesus Christ, not only is he the foundation, but he is the life of the believer. Okay? And we have to teach that. But what happens today and yesterday, when people get saved, the first thing they get is church doctrine church politics, all of this stuff for church, but no one teaches them about Jesus Christ. No one teaches them about the power of redemption. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law, but also you have to learn that that redemption goes further because of the fact of what happens with our sins when we get saved. We have to acknowledge the sin and then ask for forgiveness. What happens if you're not taught that, you carry that sin and it gets worse and worse. And that's what's happening to a lot of us. You, 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 you see people get saved and then they're hyped, they're all up, but they get no teaching and they wind up six to nine months back to where they were. Why? Because they got into a church that did not teach Jesus Christ. And we have to go back to discipleship training, disciple. And I warn every teacher, if you have not been discipled, if you don't have the discipling relationship, reading and studying your word about Jesus Christ, you can't teach. How can you teach what you do not know or have relationship in? It is very important because there's too many people in the church teaching but have no relationship with what they're teaching. They're teaching because they've been asked. And in leaders, you ask people to do things that have they have no relationship, but you need it done. No, we have to go back to drawing on a relationship in Jesus Christ. What better way to draw on your relationship with the Father, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, is number one, studying your word and entering into the secret place, Matthew 6.6. 6. 
in that secret place, you're in there with the Father, and you can draw on a relationship. There's a communion. There's a conversation, two-way conversation that, yes, you're going to speak, but yet you yearn. The Holy Spirit wants you to sit down, be quiet, and allow God to speak to you. That's relationship. That's an eternal, supernatural relationship that we all need. You know, um, I keep hearing this, oh, man of God, oh, man, you listen, let me tell you something. Every believer is a man or a woman of God. Just because you do this, you do this, it makes you no greater, no greater whatsoever. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of every believer who's called on Jesus Christ for salvation. There's no separation, but we have done this hierarchy thing. It has to be destroyed because we have put condemnation on the people who seem to be lesser than us. I'm telling you, the body of Christ is together. We are mingled together by the blood of Jesus Christ. We all have value. Every believer is a valued person, valued person in Jesus Christ. We are co-heirs to the throne of grace. We are more than conquerors. Whatever Jesus said that you are, you need to know that you are it. And you are a living being, living being. Jesus Christ, the Father and the Son lives inside of you. I'm telling you, there's too much junk too much rhetoric coming from the church and on social media, and we're jumping to it because we have no supernatural relationship in God. I'm telling you, some of the things that I do see on Facebook and everybody's jumping with, hey, I'm telling you, I, I these two movies that are out, okay? all these rave reviews and everybody saying how good they are. But let me share this with you. Most of the biblical or the Christian-based movies are not biblically correct. They're not biblically correct. They're made for entertainment to draw you to them. So they have to put some other things, some compromising in it. Listen, you have actors, and, and these new movies that are coming up, Christian movies that are coming up, they these actors plays play some sinful parts in other movies. So what happens is, first of all, our prayers must be for salvation, not only for the actors, but for the writers. We have to pray because you can't use sinful people and tell me that. This is a biblical content Christian movie. You've already compromised the word of God. So we have to be, we, we have to be willing and able to submit ourselves to God and know the word of God for ourselves. Okay? I wanted to share that because that's what's going on today. We're being whitewashed with all this stuff, but it's already been compromised by the people who are working it. So what can you get from a compromise? Sin. That's all it is. Sin compromises. 
That's all you get. You have to know the word, know the word, know the word for yourself so you can rightly divide the word of truth. You have to work the word. You have to be in relationship with the word of God. Now let's get to this. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this. I want you to write these scriptures down. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. Luke chapter 1, 1 through 80. And Luke chapter 4, 1 through 14. Each one of those chapters deals with the power of the Holy Spirit in the beginning of the gospel, in the beginning, okay? And you need to know, you need to study it so you know where I'm going after this is done. You really need to study it because when you look at it, the power of the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary, filled Jesus Christ, filled Zacharias, filled John the Baptist. And you have to understand something. And in that feeling, there was no whooping and hollering and jumping. There was activity. There was activity. When the Holy Spirit filled these certain people in the beginning, it caused them to do something. It caused them to do some work. And I want to share that with you, that the power of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with falling out doing somersaults and any of that. The power of the filling of the Holy Spirit will cause you to do some activity that God has put in your heart. That's the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit. But I, I want you to read that because we're going to go into Acts. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ is sealed, but it's sealed by the power of the book of Acts. What I'm saying is, everything Jesus said in the Gospels, especially when you read John about the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit began to fulfill it starting with Acts chapter 1. And as you go through it and as you read it, you will see, and you got to know the scriptures. I'm telling you, you got to know the Gospels of Jesus Christ so that when you get to Acts, you see how the Holy Spirit begins to fulfill what Jesus is saying. That's why discipleship is so important. Okay, we're going to start with Acts chapter 9, 1 through 24. We're talking about Saul, but that's the back end of Stephen being persecuted and stoned, and then Saul taking on the garments. Saul was the worst sinner there was against the Christians because he did get the letters. He got everything he needed to persecute Christians, even to kill them. Okay? So you need to understand the word, know the word, okay? Because you will see this, especially in Acts chapter 8. But you need to know the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> excuse me, in our lives causes us to do something, to work, to work. And sometimes you ask people, well, what do you know about the power of the Holy Spirit? The only thing they could tell you is Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. That's all they could tell you because no one has taught them about the life of the power of the Holy Spirit that brings us everything we need from the Father and Jesus Christ. 
He is the witness. He is the workhorse. He helps us to learn more and more about Jesus Christ so that we can apply it. You're never, ever alone because the power of the Holy Spirit works in you. There's nothing you can do for God or Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we work on this, okay, we have to understand we have to obey the word of God and then we apply the word of God. There's a separation there that the church doesn't need. If your church left the corner where it was at, would it be known? How would it be known? Is it because of the love application or just being there or doing some tiny things? See, we have to understand something. If you want your church to grow, then every individual must be growing in Jesus. If we want our churches to, to be able to stand for righteousness sake, then the individuals must be already standing for righteousness sake. The church is only comprised of individuals. Okay, and if your church is broken, it's because the individuals and the leadership is broken. Okay, so it takes two. It takes leaders and it takes the individuals to come together in Jesus Christ to make a whole and healthy church. So here we are, the conversion, discipleship, and the application. And we're going to talk about Paul. We're going to talk about Saul, who became Paul. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and I'll read out of the Amplified because I want you to get this, okay? I want you to get this so you understand the conversion, the discipleship, and the application. Why is discipleship so important? Now, Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And, re and relentless in his search for believers, went to the high priest and he asked for letters <clears throat> of authority for him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any, any men or women, therefore belonging to the way, meaning Jesus Christ, believers, followers of Jesus, the Messiah, men or women alike, he could arrest them and bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. Paul was, 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 he was relentless because what he believed to be true, he believed it. He wholeheartedly believed it. <clears throat> and we must understand, he knew everything there was in the Jewish law. He knew it backwards and forwards his prayers, his everything. He knew. But if you mention Jesus Christ, <clears throat> sorry, he was going to kill you or put you in chains, put you in jail, whatever. Now, verse four. I'm sorry, verse three. And as he traveled, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him displaying the glory and majesty of Jesus Christ. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice from heaven saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting and oppressing me? See, the, what they was doing, he was uh, oppressing Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ <clears throat> was represented 
and the works of Christian. They were they belonged to Jesus Christ. And Saul said, "Who are you, Lord? Isn't that something? Okay, because I believe at this time this light was not on the outside but was on the inside also. It pierced him for him to recognize." Who are you, Lord? And I believe that the Holy Spirit was right there to help him acknowledge that it was the Lord. And he answered, I am Jesus, whom you are person. He identified, Jesus identified him as Lord. He identified him. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Isn't that something to light? He did not see Jesus, but he saw a light. And that light manifested on the outside and it manifested on the inside. The men who were traveling with him were terrified and stood speechless, hearing a voice, <clears throat> but seeing no one. They heard the voice. They didn't see. They were terrified. Terrified. But Jesus was speaking to Saul. Saul got up. Now, this is the obedience part. Understand something. When Jesus speaks to our hearts, when he speaks to your heart, we have to obey him. You can't do anything without Jesus Christ. Nothing for the kingdom of God without Jesus Christ, without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the word. When Jesus speaks, he is the word. He speaks life. And this is, this is what he says. So Saul got up from the ground. But though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. See, this is a time <clears throat> where he was blinded so he could not see anything. He could not do anything that he would normally do. Once he lost his sight, he could not do anything. And once Jesus Christ identified himself, he definitely couldn't do anything. He was like paralyzed. And he says here, verse 9, he was unable to see for three days. He neither ate or drank. He, the man was paralyzed. Hear me? He could eat, drink, nor see. <clears throat> but listen to this. Now in Damascus, there was a certain disciple, a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision. Now you have to understand, there were a lot of disciples. There were a lot of disciples in those days who the rituals or the extra 120 began to teach about Jesus Christ. And then they became disciples. Listen, a disciple is one who loves Jesus, who follows Jesus Christ, okay? And I, I want you to, to get that because here I, I want to read a, uh, 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 a scripture for you so we get it right. Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. This is what Jesus said. Jesus came up and said to them, Read and amplify all authority, all power, absolute rule in heaven and in earth has been given to me. 
So then in that giving, he tells us, his disciples, and us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. That's discipleship. That's what we need to do. Go back to teach them how, teach about Jesus, how to help the people to learn of Jesus, believe in Jesus, and obey Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, teaching them to observe, to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Remain with you perpetually, regarding, regardless of any circumstance or any other occasion, even though the no matter what circumstance there is, okay, no matter what circumstance there is, Jesus Christ is always with you. Now I, I want to go to another scripture. We're talking about discipleship. We're talking about disciples. John, let's look at this. Okay, John chapter 8. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, <clears throat> and out of the Amplified, we'll read verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> I want you to get this. Jesus saying to the Jews who had believed on him, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are my disciple. See, this is a relationship. You obey him. He abides in you and the word abides in you. And then you abide in him, his teachings. It is alive. Then we are his disciples. And you will know the truth. See, the know you have relationship with the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the power of sin, okay? And we have to understand that the power and the penalty of sin, we are his disciples. So that means we have to know the word, pray the word, be in the word, and have relationship with the word so that we're free. So here he is. I just wanted to read that so you understand what a disciple is. And all of us should be disciples. All of us can be disciples, but it's a teaching. It is a learned behavior that has to be taught, not only by the teacher, but by the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. So the disciple was named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, get up to the street called Straight and asked at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying there. So this is what happens. When Jesus Christ entered into his life, his prayers were changed, were changed. Now see, Paul knew the rote prayers, the rhetoric prayers, all those prayers of the Jews. He knew those but they had no power, nor did it have authority, okay? But when Jesus came into his life, now his prayers meant something. They meant, because the Lord would have never 
told him that he was praying. See, understand something. The disciple Ananias had a prayer life. He had a relationship. And I'm telling you, Christians who pray know other Christians who pray. They know their hearts are knitted together because of their relationship through the power of prayer. And God brings people like that together. So, <clears throat> and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come in a place his hand and place his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Not only did Ananias get the vision, but also Saul got the same vision. Okay? They got the same vision. So you have to understand, God does great things. He does greater things through our obedience and our submission to him. He does great things. So this is the deal. <clears throat> Verse 13, but Ananias, and, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man, especially how much suffering and evil he has brought to your saints, God's people at Jerusalem. And here in Damascus, he has authority from the high priest to put chains on all who call on your name, confessing you as Savior. Now, understand something. The Lord is speaking to Ananias, but in the natural, Ananias knows the power and authority that Saul had against the church of Jesus Christ. He knew it, was, and he probably was afraid. But understand something. Hey, this is what the deal is. This is what we need to understand. No matter what we see, no matter what circumstances, which I read in Matthew 28, <clears throat> Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for this man is deliberately, is a deliberately chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. For I will, I will make clear to him how much he must suffer and endure for my name's sake. Now he told that to Ananias, okay? He told him to go and he told him why he was going because he told him what Saul was about to do, okay? So this is, here I am talking about discipleship, then I'm talking about obedience and application. See, you have to obey God and obey him in the application. So verse 17, so Ananias left and entered the house, and he laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, isn't that something? <clears throat> he was convinced by what the Lord had spoken to him that now Saul was not against him, but now he was a brother in Christ Jesus. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road of Damascus, <laughs> has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to proclaim Christ to both Jews and Gentiles. He had to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to proclaim Jesus Christ to the Jews and the Gentiles, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, because the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the witness, the full knowledge, witness and relationship of the Father and the Son. Okay, 
So he was filled with that. Isn't that amazing? That no matter what happened to Saul, Ananias knew about it because of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 18, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Ah, he knew now Jesus Christ. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So now he was baptized, showing that outward sign of what happened to him on the inside. Here was the sinner, chief sinners. Now he was saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and then now baptized in water. Okay? And then he took some food and he was strengthened. Discipleship is important. Discipleship is important. <clears throat> Read the next verse. Part of 19. For several days afterwards, Saul remained with the disciples who were at this Damascus. Ananias was one of those disciples. There must have been many. And they began to teach and serve Paul. And one of the greatest things about it, he never saw Jesus, but the filling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he was going to give us the spirit of truth to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Now we see that the Holy Spirit made Jesus Christ's words come alive through the disciples and through Paul, Saul rather, through Saul, because he became a witness. And immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogue. Now, verse 22, but Paul saw increased in strength more and more and continued to perplex the Jews who lived in Damascus by examining their theological evidence and proving the scripture that is Jesus Christ is the Messiah and the anointed one. Now, you have to understand something. Disciple, being a disciple of Jesus Christ may take a while. It, may, it, it, it should take a while because it has to be in you. You learn about Jesus Christ and you work it. You grow your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith without works is dead. Verse 23, after a considerable time he had passed, about three years or so, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot was known to Saul. They were also watching the city gates night and day to kill him. Now, three years he stayed in Damascus. Three years he was taught, and he taught the word of God. And he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And the disciples, they were all there together. This is why discipleship is so important. Because once you receive and know, and in relationship with Jesus Christ, there's nothing you can't do under the power of the Holy Spirit to apply. You have to apply what you are learning. It is a learned behavior. It is different from the emotional side of life. It is a supernatural side that we all need. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. We need that continual filling so that we can do what God has called us to do. And again, we have to understand these words, 
that that I shared with you. It is so important, okay? The obedience and application. You and I have to obey the word. Why are we in the mess that we are in today is because we may hear the word, but we don't obey the word. But once you obey the word, then you apply the word of God. It is the application. Jesus applied everything he said. Listen, whatever Jesus told us to do, he had already done it and glorified God in it. So his word and his application were the same. Okay? And then he sent us the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost to help us to learn about him, obey him, and apply him. Yeah, yes, apply him. Apply the Father and the Son. Whatever they're saying, saying through the word, we have to begin to apply it. We have compromised the word so much to where we have allowed sin to come in. And I'll always say this, a church cannot stand against sin if they're playing in that playground. You have to understand something. We have to go back to Jesus, our business, our, the seven mountains of influence, our homes, our marriages, our jobs, the government, media, all of this stuff. We've got to go back to Jesus. Yes, people are going to say, oh, well, you're going to do a cult. And that, no, that's because of the compromise that we've already done. We've already compromised with sin. Now we have to uncompromise by going back to Jesus, going back to the blood of Jesus Christ, yielding our lives back to the Holy Spirit to do it right. Listen to me. Prayer is inevitable. We must pray as believers. Prayer is powerful. Prayer never ceases. Let me prove to you prayer never ceases because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. Prayer never ceases. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Bible tells us we must pray without ceasing. But when we pray, we must know the word, pray the word, not pray bless me and all of this stuff all over the place. How many of us have been to prayer meetings? We go in and some of us never been to prayer never has prayer in our life, but we'll go to a prayer meeting and then leave out saying, wow, that was good, but never applying what we learned. Never hearing the word that we need to hear for prayer to help us. Let me tell you, if you're in a church that's not talent challenging you to obey the word and apply the word, then you have to ask God, is that where you need to be? Is that where you need to be? Because every time you go to church, you must go with an empty plate so that you can receive and then you can apply what you receive. So you go back home and then you've written, <clears throat> excuse me, written down the scriptures so they can help you apply because the Holy Spirit is right there to help you to apply the word of God. You must be challenged. You have to want to go to be challenged. And you as leaders must be able to challenge people to understand the power and the applicability of the word of Jesus Christ. Because too many of us are sitting on the bench. We're sitting on the bench doing nothing. We're getting sick. We're getting poor. All this sin is now rushing in. We have no power. We have no authority. Why? Because we have not settled ourselves 
in Jesus. We have not become disciples of Jesus. You have to go back to Jesus. Go back to the word. Study the word. Study the word. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what business. If you are a business leader and you're a Christian, then you must have a prayer life. Because how can you lead without hearing from God? How can you lead God's people, the body of Christ? They are not your people. They belong to God. They belong to Jesus. And you have to have a prayer life, an applicable prayer life, being led by the Holy Spirit to help people work the word. You have to work the word first so that they know that they can work it. Too many churches look exactly like their leader. If the leader's not doing it, they're not doing it. I'm telling you, as believers, we have to go back to Jesus. Read the scriptures, go back, understand the conversion, <clears throat> the salvation, the discipleship, and the application of thereof. I thank you so much for being with me today. I pray that you would share it all over the world because again, Facebook with the algorithms brings me down <clears throat> sometimes to 10 people, but I just say, share it, be blessed, read the word, study the word, pray without ceasing. Blessings. See you next Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Fistbow Radio Network.